This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Mike Calstrip and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. So good to see all of you this morning. Did you all bring your Bibles with you? Let's open our Bibles together to Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20, if you can find that opening in your Bible. Second Chronicles chapter 20. We wish all of you a very uh, uh, happy Memorial Day. Uh, you know, uh, we stand on the shoulders of men and women who gave their lives so that you and I could be here today and have the freedom and the liberty uh, that we have. And, um, you know, if you've never been close to those things, I don't know that we can necessarily appreciate the sacrifice that so many people have made in order for us to be here today. And so it needs to be with thankful hearts, and especially those of you that are veterans here today, we appreciate you as well. Uh, because you were willing to go and to do, and yes, amen. And um, so we're thankful for that uh, in every way. So uh, as we pray, I'd like to pray today because, um, as I said, if you've never lost a loved one uh, as a result of war, uh, you can maybe little appreciate that. But there are many, many people who have. And so there are those memories and things that, that they uh, embrace today, and I like to pray for them. And not only that, but again, you know, people that uh, uh, have experienced uh, the ravages of war and things of that nature. So, uh, you know, I know that you're all situated maybe, but maybe you could, I mean, there's a lot of room here today. Everybody went on vacation for Memorial Day. So just set your Bible there to your side, and let's stand together one more time, and let's pray. <clears throat> thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the privilege we have, Father, with freedom and liberty, unhindered, unchecked, that we can come here today, Father, as a matter of choice and to honor and worship you in spirit and in truth. Father, there are many places in the world where they have not this liberty and they have not this freedom. And we realize, Father God, that men and women went to a place called war and gave their lives willingly so that we could be here today to enjoy um, life and liberty. And God, we, we still live in the greatest country in all the world, and we're grateful for that. And so we pray, Father, for these families who have lost and experienced and suffered uh, losing loved ones today. Father God, may they be uh, warmed within their hearts and their minds by your very presence. And knowing, Father God, that their family member or close loved one, Father, was willing to do what it is they did so that we could be here today. We pray, Father, for veterans, many of whom have come back from war, and yet, Father, they still, they carry the residue of that experience in their lives. We pray for them that they, Father God, by your spirit would come not only to know you, but to find peace. And Father God, we thank you for blessing their lives, their homes, their families. And Father, we're so grateful for what it is that they were willing to do. And so Father, <clears throat> today is a day of recognition and memorial, Father God, for those who gave their lives so willingly for us. And we with thankful hearts come to you today, Father, and just express our gratitude and thankfulness uh, that, again, we can enjoy the liberties and freedoms that we have. So thank you, Father, for blessing uh, these people as we look into the per, uh, perfect law of liberty. Uh, 
I just thank you, Father God, for the same freedom that you've given us in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And such liberty, Father, that only you can afford in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Thank you. All right, Second Chronicles, a story I think most of you are probably familiar with, but it seemed fitting uh, for today's subject and what it is that I want to talk to you about. This has to do with King Jehoshaphat. You know, not every king in Israel's history was a good one. Uh, they had some funky kings, you know, like Ahab, for example, and, and let's not forget his lovely wife Jezebel. Yeah, uh, I mean, they, they were a piece of work. And uh, they caused some real problems. But anyway, that's beside the point. Jehoshaphat was a godly king. Everybody say hallelujah. And so because he served God, I, I tell you, it, it pays to obey God. It pays to serve God. It may not be the most popular thing on the planet from a social standpoint, culturally, or whatever. As a matter of fact, right now, it doesn't seem to be very popular at all. But I tell you what, praise God, this much I know. Jesus is Lord, and He is coming again, and He is real. And thank God we have the privilege of being able to serve Him. So we have nothing to be ashamed of, nor should we ever apologize for our Christian faith and who it is that we believe in. Because, you know, uh, there's a 50-50 chance going on here that either we are right or they are right. But I'd like to be on the side that's believing that we're right, because well, the other alternative isn't so good. So thank God for the Lord Jesus Christ and his coming to this earth-born existence and giving his life as a ransom for all. Hallelujah. Being raised again by the glory of the Father. The Bible says it wasn't even possible that death could hold him in the grave. It just wasn't possible. And he was resurrected on that third day. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. Not that long ago, we celebrated it. And he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. And thank God we can, we can rejoice in that and we can live within the confidence of that, knowing, hallelujah, that he's coming again. And he's going to restore all things back to God's original intent. He'll clean house, make everything new. The Bible talks about new heavens, new earth. You know, hallelujah. Amen. Everybody's trying to hang on to this one. Man, dude, I want a new one. You know, when you get a car and it's old and it's kind of wore out, it's nice to get a new one, huh? You know? Well, anyway. So let's read this story together, a story that's really important for us in the context of uh, the day you and I are living in. Notice with me in uh, chapter 20, it's a little bit of a lengthy reading as we go through this, but it'll be good. Uh, verse 1, it came to pass this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them, other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. So again, Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah, and uh, there in Jerusalem. Notice verse 2. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There comes a great multitude. One translation says, an incredible horde. In other words, a lot of folk. Okay? Notice it says, a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side of Syria. And behold, they find themselves to be in Hazen Tamar, which is in Genai. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judea. How many of you have ever had bad news? Any of you ever received bad news? 
Well, here's an important step right here to follow. As soon as you get bad news, it's time to look to him. So if there's nothing that you get out of the message here this morning, you know, if you find yourself in a place of trouble or whatever the case might be, thank God the first thing you do is you look to the Lord. You don't say anything. That's an important thing because a lot of times we say things that we shouldn't say. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But nevertheless, I just, I want to talk to you about this because there's a great lesson. How many of you know that the Bible is real and the stories within it are true? You know, somebody didn't come along and say, well, you know, we need something to kind of help these people out. So let's, let's, let's hatch this story and let's write it out. No, these are real incidents that happen within the lives of people. And so you and I are here today and we're experiencing the things that we are and dealing with certain circumstances. And thank God our Heavenly Father is no further away than he was in this story right here. And so I want to talk to you again. We talked a little bit last week about this, but again, taking God at his word. In other words, really, truly settling within our hearts that we believe what it is that God has spoken. And so as a consequence, we act and behave accordingly. Hallelujah. And when we obey the Bible, when we do what God says, then there's always blessing in it. How many of you believe that? Now, there may be a bit of a challenge between here and there, but thank God he's faithful and so are we. We're going to stay the course. We're going to do what it is that he said. So we live in this world that's filled with turmoil and problems, but thank God he's faithful. How many of you believe this morning that God is faithful? You know, you've got things on your heart. You know, you see certain things. Maybe it's Maybe it's in relationships or maybe it's family members and, you know, you're just, you know, uh, you're troubled by what it is that you're seeing because you know it's not godly or, you know, it's not good or whatever the case might be. Well, you know, the Bible says that because you're his child, that his ears are open to your prayers. And God, again, is faithful to hear and to do and to perform as a result of the requests that we make of him. But we have to take God at his word. So the rub, if you want to call it that, is is that we see problems that may exist in our personal lives or in the lives of others. And so we pray and we say, God, we need your help here. And and so there's this, uh, one guy referred to it as the battle of the time lapse. And it's between the time when you pray and when you see the result that you're looking for. And sometimes it can be a long time. You know, maybe the right then and there, everything changes in a week or so or something, but sometimes it can be months and sometimes it can be years. But God never changes. Aren't you glad for that? And he's always faithful to what it is that he said. And people will often say, well, you know, I don't have, I don't have that much time. You know, God, you're going to have to come through or whatever the case might be. God knows all about your stuff. Huh? I said he knows all about it. You know, Paul, he had some incidences that were going on in his own life, and God kept telling him that his grace was sufficient for him. And so he said that I will rather glory in what it is that God has promised, and praise God, he'll see me through. And if you read in the latter part of Paul's life, he said, God's always been faithful to keep me he said, I fortified, I've kept the faith, and henceforth there is reserved for me a reward in heaven. Hallelujah. And not only to me, but to all of those who love his appearing. Don't you love his appearing? I hope that you're looking forward to his appearing because he's coming again. 
A lot of folk, we get so caught up in the world and the system and everything that's going on in our lives and how many diapers we got to change and what we don't like about this and that. And, the other, and we forget about our future. We forget about what's coming. We, we've, we for, you know, we're just you know, overwhelmed by everything else and we lose sight of what it is that God is about to do. Like I said two, three weeks ago, we witnessed it in the skies. The gospel being written, the moon being turned into blood before that great and notable day. Listen, everybody's going to be informed on that day. Are you listening to me? Ain't going to be no secret. Ain't going to be something done there in a corner somewhere. It's going to be notable. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so we live within the confidence of that and making sure, praise God, that we... I mean, you know, at the end of the day, you guys, our lives are His. We've been bought with a price. And so the, the fundamental thing that we have in all of our lives is, is to make our life a praise unto Him, to do what it is that He would have us to do. Are you listening to me? Huh? It's important for us to realize that. Because sometimes, again, you know, we get, we get so caught up. Matter of fact, um, uh, Kathy, can you put uh, Psalm 23 up in the New Living Translation? Because I want to read this. We did this uh, before about Psalm 23, but I want you to see something within in these verses here that I think is important for us to recognize. I just give you a little, you know, elevator music until you get there. Okay. Look at this. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Everybody say, the Lord is my shepherd. Now listen, let me ask you another question. Is the Lord your shepherd? Okay, so I want you to, I want you to think about that in a very real, conscious kind of way. The Lord is my shepherd. So if he is, then that changes everything. And it says, I have everything I need. Go to the next verse. <clears throat> he, let, he, he lets me rest in green pastures. And he leads me beside peaceful streams. So, so he leads us. He, he lets us rest in, in places of plenty. Right? Okay? Think about yourself as a sheep. Go with this on me. Okay? Imagine. He, re- he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. So if God's the one doing the leading, we're not all knotted up and wondering what on God's green earth we are going to do. Why? Because the Lord is who? He's your shepherd. Let's go to the next verse. Look, look at this. Oh, I like this. He renews my strength. Now, so he leads me, and then it says, he guides me along right paths. And then listen to this, bringing honor to his name. See, you are a praise unto God, your life, what you do, your behavior, how you respond. You know, when it comes to the world in which we live, and you know, you're talking to someone who maybe is an unbeliever, whatever the case might be, and in the conversation you say, well, praise God. Now, when you say that, they freak out. They praise what? 
Who? You know, I mean, it's so foreign to them for you to make that statement. But it's so natural for us to give him our praise. Isn't that right? And not only that, but also in the way that you live. You know, I mean, the thing about it is, is that however we carry ourselves within the world, you know, notice what it says in that verse. Can you bring it back up there again? Notice what it says here. It says, bringing honor to his name. How many of you want to bring honor to his name? Well, that means you live right. That means you do right. That means you bite your tongue or lip or both of them at the same time if necessary. You know, you do whatever it is you why. Because we want to bring honor to his name. Huh? You know, we, we don't bring honor to God when we go off the rails. Huh? You know, we don't, go, we don't bring honor to his name when we yell at our kids. Okay? That always goes over wonderful. See, once your kids are raised and they get out of the house, and you, that's all over with because you don't have to yell. Well, you still can. You can find them and yell at them, I guess. But you get the point. <clears throat> the point is, well, let's go on and let's read the rest of this because it's all good. Next verse. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I am not going to be afraid. Now, that'll challenge you a little bit, won't it? Just think about all the things that are going on in the world today. And I tell you, there are a lot of people, whether they want to admit it or not, man, they are so driven by fear. I'm talking about Christians. Okay, I'm not talking about, you know, the world. If I was in the world, I don't even know what I'd do in the world. I'd drink a lot more. Huh? But I'm talking about children of God that are, that are not, they don't know the reality of God being their shepherd. Okay? It's not an indictment. I'm not, I'm not trying to, this is not intended for the purposes of, of condemnation in any way or shape or form. But I, but I am, as a pastor, trying to get you to believe the word of God so that you don't have to be afraid. I don't know how it's going to turn out, but I know it's going to be all right because he said so. Let's bring that back up again, Kathy. So it says, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. How many of you know he's here? Hallelujah. Your rod, your staff, they protect me and they comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me with or by anointing my head with oil and my cup overflows with blessings. Did you know that your cup is overflowing with blessing right now and you don't even know it? Some people, you know, they're ungrateful. But you know, the Bible says, be ye thankful. You should always be thankful. I know not, everything's not perfect, you know, but I mean, we're just, we're, t we're just pausing here for a little bit to have a little bit of a perspective to think about just how genuinely blessed you are as a child of God and living where you live and what you got, you know, and, and all of those things. Now, people will argue, I mean, pretty strong about my making that statement because of the current circumstance or whatever it is that they may find themselves to be in. And I'm not minimizing the challenges of life or the turmoil or whatever it is that we may be facing. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you take that apart from your life and look at what it is that you have, what you know, what the future that you have, you, my friend, are blessed. Amen? So then it goes on to conclude. 
He said, uh, surely goodness or your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Isn't that cool? God's love, his unfailing love and his goodness is going to pursue you. Now, you can turn your back. You can run the other way. You can do whatever. He's like uh, Pepe Le Pew. You know? Remember, she's trying to get away. She's running, you know, trying to hide. And no matter where she goes, this cat shows up. You know? Civic cat. But anyway, yes. And, and uh, there's no escape, is my point. And so surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue you. You know, you can get mad at God. You can get mad at your mom and dad. You can get mad at your spouse. You can get mad at whoever. But God's love, unfailing love and goodness, is still going to continue to dog your tracks and track you down. Amen? Now, if you pass from this life to the next, then you're going to discover that you could have had a lot more blessing in your life if you would just have for a lack of a better way of saying it, surrendered. So what are you waiting on? Might as well just do it now. Hallelujah. And notice that it says, and I'm going to live in the house of the Lord forever. What a beautiful, beautiful psalm. Isn't that right? But it's God's word to you and I. It's, it's like a love letter that's been written to you, and he says, I'm your shepherd. You don't have to worry about anything. And then it goes on and describes what it is that he does. So I, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that. Amen? And I believe Psalm 23. And maybe we got to read it more often than just once or on occasion or casually or whatever. We really have to think about what it is that that psalm is saying to you and I as believers. Hallelujah. Did you know the Bible says that all things are possible to him that believes? Isn't that good? Are you guys awake this morning? And have those things that drop down out of the, out of the, out of the uh, ceiling here. You know, not oxygen, caffeine. They're IVs. You know, we're not, we're not putting on the mask. We're going to inject. Hallelujah. Get you going there a little bit. So we live in a world filled with turmoil and troubles, but God is faithful to those that call upon his name. And as the scriptures declare, he is an ever-present help in the time of trouble. And we just got in reading it. It says, I'll be there, you know, with you. So the benefits of his aid are the results of faith. So if you don't have faith, then none of the stuff that I'm talking to you about uh, does you much good. Well, I don't believe that. You know, yeah, but you don't know my story and, you know, different things like that. There's all kinds of reasonings, uh, thought patterns that the devil um, feeds people. And when you buy it, well, then until you get something changed with the truth about what it is that you're thinking about, then you're bound by whatever it is that you seem to think is the truth. Does that make sense to you? Okay. So thank God the Bible says buy the truth and don't ever sell it. What's the truth? The Word of God is God's Word speaking to you, and it is truth, and it'll set you free. Hallelujah. You know, when we make the declaration, the Lord is on my side, therefore I will not fear what men can do unto me. You, you know, you got you to gotta accept the reality of that verse that says, the Lord is on my side. There are a lot of people, they haven't got past that yet. They're unsure about whether he really is for them. 
And the only thing that you got to go on, I guess, only thing that you have to go on is, is that he was willing to send his son as a sacrifice for you. How much clearer can it get to die so that you could live? So he's never against you. He's always for you. Hallelujah. And not only that, he's with you as we just got done reading. And thank God for those of you that have been born of the Spirit of God, he's in you. So you got it made. Everybody say, I got it made. Hallelujah. The devil's a liar, pants on fire. Amen. So, so how is it that we have such a... I'll tell you exactly how it happens. We think about the wrong things too much. Okay? Dwelling on the wrong things for way too long. And when we do that, of course, it leads us down a path that's less than healthy. But, you know, again, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, none of this becomes a conscious reality within our lives if we don't have faith. You got to believe what it is that he has said. And that's why I titled this, Taking God at His Word. It's a funny thing, you guys, but we don't, we don't have a relationship with God based upon our sensory perceptions. We can't see God. You know, when, 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 um, when Jesus was talking with the disciples after his resurrection, remember he, he, he revealed himself, and, but Thomas wasn't there. And they said, we've we seen him. We, we physically seen the Lord. And he said, I don't care. Unless I see this and this, I'm out. So Jesus walks through the wall and comes right to Thomas eight days later and says, blessed are those that have not seen and yet believe. And then he said, be not faithless, but believing. So the only thing you and I have to go on is not this physical sensory realm when it comes to how we relate to God. The only thing you and I have to go on is what he said. It's his word. And that's why we should hold God's word dear to our hearts and understand the realities of it and say, this is what I believe. All right? And even though you may not see it, I tell you what, praise God. He said, if you'll do these things, it shall come to pass. Now, isn't that what it said in our text there in 2 Chronicles? And, and it came to pass? Sure enough, you know, because we're going to deal with all these things. So the first step when we encounter trouble is we need to look to the Lord. That's what Jehoshaphat did, right? In other words, let's turn our gaze to the one, praise God, who has the answer. Or in our case, we could say that, you know, the first thing we need to do is look to the Word. Okay? Look to the Lord, look to the Word to hear what it is that He has to say about our lives. Let's go on reading here in our, our text in verse 5. So he, he called a fast, basically, and said, we're having a prayer meeting. Verse 5. So Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he began to pray. What a great prayer. Look at this. You know, in other words, while we read this, think about the fact that <clears throat> Jehoshaphat is talking about his relationship with the Lord, or we could say the nation of Israel's relationship, all right? And, and in this prayer, he's talking about who God is. So when you pray, you need to be praying about who your God is. Are you not God? Huh? Have you not power over all the kingdoms of this world? Well, yes, he does. 
So in other words, you know, Jehoshaphat was cognizant of these things. So he's, he's, he's talking about who God is. And that's what you need to do when you do your praying. Because I'm telling you what, it's not a position of defeat for the believer. When you're born of the Spirit of God, dear friend, you are a victor, not a victim. So you don't have to call upon the name of the Lord with blame or, 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 or you know, whatever. You can say, Father, you're my God, and in you I trust. You are my shepherd. Hallelujah. I shall not want. Glory to God forevermore. Amen? So notice, going on reading here in this prayer as he prays, verse 6, he said, Oh, Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? And rule you not over all the kingdoms of the heathen? And in your hand is there not power and might so that nobody is able to withstand you? Listen, I want to tell you right now, dear friend, in your life there is nothing or no one that can stand before you when God is your God. Glory to God forevermore. Huh? Huh? Notice what it goes on to say in this great prayer. <clears throat> he says, now this is good. And praise God, I hope you have a, co- a consciousness of this. Verse 7, and are you not, well, it says our God. But dear friend, you need to say, and are you not my God? Huh? Who did strive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? Gave it to the seed of Abraham, your friend, forever. They've dwelt here and they've built, and, and we've dwelt here. And built thee a sanctuary wherein is your name, saying that when evil comes upon us as sore judgment, pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in your presence, because your name is in this house, hallelujah, cry unto thee in our affliction, then you will hear and help. And now behold the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, whom you wouldn't let Israel invade when... uh, they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and, and destroyed them not. But, but look, and how they reward us to come to cast us out of our possession, which you've given us to inherit. You know, there's things in your life, man, they belong to you. Healing belongs to you. Health and well-being belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. Joy belongs to you. Are you listening to me? Your needs being met belong to you. He said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And and notice how Paul personalized that. He said, my God shall supply all your need. Well, you you, you know, you, you can't say that unless you have a conviction about you about who your God is. Huh? So in this story, again, they're, they're talking in these terms. And notice what it says, um, <clears throat> verse 12. He says, oh, our God, will you not judge them? We have no power or might against this great company that comes to get us or comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but look, 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 look. But our eyes are where? They're where? They're on you. You know, so when you get into a troubled situation, don't, don't accept that as a matter of defeat. Just say, well, look here. We have another opportunity to show God really big in our lives. Huh? We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. How many of you know God has an answer for every problem that we face? I said, he's got, a, he's got an answer, and it's a good one. 
Everybody say good one. It's not a bad one. You know, it's not like when you're praying to God, he says, you know, that one there, I have never, I, I've never come up against that before. I'm not really sure what I can do for you there. Um, you're on your own. You don't hear that. Huh? No, there's no temptation that's come to you that's not common to man. He knows all about the stuff. And he's really willing, praise God, to make sure that you're blessed in the midst of it. So then... Uh, <clears throat> Let's go a little further here. I know this is a rather long reading, but 14, it starts getting really good. They're praying this prayer, and then all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes on Jehaziel. And when it does, notice it says, uh, in the midst of the congregation, verse 15, he said, Hearken ye, Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, <laughs> and thou King Jehoshaphat, thus saith the Lord. So what's that mean? That means a now word, baby, is coming to them. Spirit of God came on the prophet, he began to speak, and everybody's listening. Huh? Thus saith the Lord. Glory to God. What's that mean to you? Well, when you pick up the Bible and you start reading it, thus saith the Lord. You say, well, that's, that's not good enough. You know, I read books and I don't get anything out of them. I read the Bible, I don't get anything out of them. Well, the difference between the books and the Bible is this is God inspired, the living word, what God has said. It's not just some story. It's something that he has given to you as a word for your life. So he, he declares here, notice it says um, in verse 15, hearken ye. And he says, thus saith the Lord, be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Aren't you glad this morning the battle is not yours, but God's? There's stuff you can't figure out. There's stuff you can't do anything about. But I tell you what, praise God, God can do some things. Are you listening to me? And so that's, that's why it's important for us to understand that. And then he gives them some instructions and, and uh uh, let's drop down to 17. It says, don't be discouraged or dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. And so Jah's fat bodies face to the ground, Judah and all the inhabitants, and they worship God. And then the Levites, who were the priests, they got up and began to praise God with a loud voice. Hallelujah. When you get your prayers answered, you get happy, don't you? Woo! There's always thanksgiving to follow. Amen. And so they were worshiping God. So in 21, it says, they rose early in the morning. They went forth to the wilderness of Tekoa. And they, as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Now listen, look, look at this. Believe. Everybody say believe. believe. Believe in the Lord your God. What are they supposed to believe? They're supposed to believe what the prophet told them the next day or whenever it was. Huh? Believe in the Lord your God. Now notice it says, <clears throat> or I'm sorry, verse 20 again here. Let me find it. Uh, he said, uh, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. Believe also his prophets, and you will prosper. How many of you like the idea of being established and prospering? Well, what's it contingent on? You and I believe in what it is that the prophets and the word or God has said, isn't that right? It's, it's, it's an irrefutable fact that when you make the decision that you're going to obey God, you're going to order your life on the basis of what God has said, you can't help but be blessed. Because God watches over his word to perform it, and when you're doing it, he's got to do something about it. 
You, you with me? Not that it's a real challenge for him. It's just simply his blessing is on your obedience to the word. So, so when we train up our children in the way that we sh- they should go and we teach them the word of God, when we teach them God, you know, so much of the, it's not a, it's not, it's what we do sometimes, not so much what we say when it comes to teaching your children. Now, some of you have already been through that, and that's your down the road or whatever the case might be. But I tell you what, praise God, you know, God needs to be in your behavior. Because if God is in your behavior, it'll, it'll get in your kids. Are you with me? And that's, and that's really what you're after, isn't that right? But, but the thing about it is, is that when we do that, then the next generation is blessed, the next generation is blessed, the next generation is blessed, as long as... The, the, the prior generation is willing to follow the Lord. Huh? What priorities they place on the word, you know, different things of that nature. And you, well, you get it. So here's the story, and, and the reality is, is that um, um, they didn't do anything. They had to go out. They sent the praisers out ahead of them, which, you know, I don't know, militarily, you know, Strategy-wise, I'm not sure that's the best idea, but that's what they did. It tells us something about the importance of praise in your life. So if your level of praise is way, way low, maybe you need to, you know, jack that up a little bit. I remember a story Brother Hagen told about a woman. She had a vision. She was ill in her body. And she had a vision, and in this vision, there was one of those old um, um, scales, you know? And in this scale, and on one side... It had the word praise on it, and the other one was prayer. And, and the thing was is that the prayer side of it was way down, and, and the praise was up. And, and the Lord spoke to her and said, when your praise equals your prayers, your, you know, you, your prayer will get answered. And so the story is, is that she didn't do any more praying then. She just began to praise God. Father, I'm so grateful for your living word. Thank you for your promises that you've made to me as your child. Thank God I can rest in the confidence of knowing that, praise God, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. I mean, I don't know what she said, but she did it for two days. Now, you've got to understand, most Christians won't do anything for two minutes. But she just began to praise God all the time, just worshiping God and thanking God. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, I really wanted to preach that message I've preached before, how, how big is your want to? Because, you know, there's got to be a little want to here if you're really going to experience God's goodness in your life. Are you with me? Well, her her want to was big. She just continued to praise God. She had this word from heaven, this is what I need to do. And in two days' time, she woke up one morning and she was completely healed. Hallelujah. You know, the devil loves and wants to put your praise out. Huh? And, and, and when the negative comes, we need to answer with our praise. Huh? You know, the devil doesn't like hearing you praise God. And I guarantee you, when he starts hearing you praise God, guess what? He's going to leave. So when your mind is overwhelmed and you've got these negative thoughts that are going on in your mind, the first thing you need to do is say, oh, Father, Hallelujah. Now, do you feel like that? Do you have inspiration for that? Do you somehow or another, you know, I mean, whatever? No. 
but you're smart enough to realize that I am not going to play into the devil's hand and I'm just going to begin to praise God because praise stills the enemy and the avenger. Well, who's our enemy? The God of this world, the devil, that tells you that you're not going to make it, that tells you you're no good, that you know, tells you that you know, this person did you wrong, why are you still loving people? I mean, all of the different things that he lies to people about are you listening to me? These people don't care. You know, uh, you know if they cared, they'd this, that. I don't know why you're doing what you're doing. Why do you, why do you keep whatever, blah, 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 blah. You know, just on and on and on and on. Why? To try to get you to make a course change that will defeat you and bring you into bondage. But when you see it for what it is, then you can just say, ah, no, uh-uh. Nope, don't believe so. Not today. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And thank God I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Glory to God. He said that if I would obey him, he'd make me the head and not the tail. That I'd be above only and not beneath. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I cannot go under for going over. Hallelujah. You know, and if we would just do that, I, I, I guarantee you'd get happier. You know? Because the devil is forever, and especially in the climate that we find ourselves in right now, I, I don't think that praise and worship is, is more critically important in our lives than anything else in our lives right now. Because we're, we're having all this stuff dumped on us. I, you need to get some good music that you can, you know, you know, that resonates with you, baby, and you need to sing it loud and long. What did they do? The Bible says that they bowed down and worship, and then the Levites, the priests, they got up and began to praise God. And worship God. Hallelujah. It'd do you good. Get in your car. I mean, if nobody else wants to listen to you, just get in your car by yourself. Hallelujah. Try it. You know, just say, you know, the pastor on the 29th of May, we, you know, it was Memorial Day weekend, and he challenged us, and he asked me to do this, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to do it. Ten minutes. And I just want you to get someplace where nobody will bother you. You know, maybe it's your shower. I don't know. Some of you like your shower, wherever you want to be. And I want you just to praise God for 10 minutes. Amen. Now, it might cost you a little bit because that's a lot of hot water. But anyway, you know, <clears throat> and just worship God and praise Him and thank Him for the good things that He's done in your life. And I will guarantee you that in 10 minutes, when it's all over with, if you'll just, you know, stop, take a check, you'll feel better about life. Because the word works. And sometimes we don't do the things that we need to do, you know. And I mean, you don't, I don't think you realize the bombardment of negative things that are being leveled at you on a constant basis. You know, my phone, it always tells me, you know, screen time. You guys get that, you know, at the end of the week? Wow. You know? I think if we had some kind of an ability to do that where... What we hear, what we listen to, you know, what people are saying, if there was some time, that, some way that we could have screen time on that, I think we'd be amazed at, you know, the stuff. And so it's really no wonder, you know, uh, why people are so, and, it, and if you're on empty anyway, then, then it really leaves you at a disadvantage. How many of you know what I'm talking about? So let's, let's, let's up, up, up our game a little bit. Let's praise God, you know, for how, how good he is and what it is he wants to do in our life. Matter of fact, I, I feel inspired to just have you stand up right now 
You got plenty of room there on your pews to put your Bible. Just stand up. You say, what are we going to do here? We're going to praise God for a little bit. You say, well, I don't feel like it. Good. That's exactly what I wanted you to say. Because, you know, I can't make you. I mean, obviously, you can sit there and go, I ain't doing nothing, you know. You can do that if you want. Or you can just, you know, take a little advice here. You might, you might be surprised. It could make lunch that much better. Amen. Put on your happy. Are you listening to me? So, okay. Let's just take a few minutes here and let's maybe raise one hand or both hands. I mean, if you really feel, you know, you want to really go on a limb, get them both up there. And let's just praise God for a little while. You think about your life before Him. Forget about me and let's just praise Him. Hallelujah. Father, we just rejoice. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. So grateful today, Father, as we come to magnify your name. And yes, though there are many, many, many turmoils, many troubles, many problems, hallelujah, our trust, our hope, glory to God, our faith is in you, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your goodness. Oh, such kindness. Father God, you're everything the Word says that you are. Woo, glory to God. Father, how we praise you. Magnify your name. Thank you, Lord, for coming to my aid. Thank you, Lord, for supplying my need. Thank you, Lord, for blessing my coming in and going out. Woo, glory to God. Thank you, Father. You're everything the Word says that you are. Today, Father, we stand before you in praise and adoration. How we love you, Father. Thank you for everything that you do in our lives. Such goodness and mercy you extend toward us. Oh, Father, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, thank you, Father. Yes, your goodness abounds. It abounds, it abounds, it abounds toward us. Oh, Father God, as we come to you today, I'm so grateful, Father, we don't have to be careful, that we don't have to have a care but, Father, rather we can rejoice and be glad in you. Thank you, Lord, for your blessing, your kindness, oh, your mercy. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. 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 Wonderful, Father. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now you can be seated for a minute. And that was just two minutes. And I don't even know if it was two. I didn't keep track, but it was just a little bit. How many of you are blessed? Huh? Don't you feel there's an edification on the inside of you? You know, now the, the problem or the circumstance or whatever, it's probably still there. You know, it might be bouncing around there in your brain, but let's, you know, we'll, we'll work on that. Look with me, if you would, to... Uh, um, Matthew chapter 6, amen. And let me just share this verse of Scripture with you before we close. Hallelujah. How many of you want to take Linda home with you? Yeah, no kidding. You know, we ought to do something where you can record something. You know, put that, make that available. That'd probably bless somebody. Where did I tell you to go? Matthew chapter 6. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, you're so good to us. Praise God. Let's everybody say it before we read. For the Lord is good, and his mercy endures forever.
For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Say this with me. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Here's something Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount was teaching the people. And uh, in chapter 6, notice what he says in verse 25. He says, now this is Jesus speaking. You say, how do you know that? Well, in some Bibles, it's in the red letter. You know, it's in red. I don't know if you have a red letter edition. Any of you have a red letter edition on your um, devices? Yeah, okay. Well, so verse 25, Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, there's a lot of things that he talked about earlier. I say to you, take no thought, King James says it uh, that way, or no anxious thought, the implication. Take no thought for your life. Wow. He goes on to say, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, uh, and yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowl of the air. They sow not, uh, neither do they reap. My wife feeds all of them from what I can see on our front porch. They don't gather into barns because she'll be out there with her stuff. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? You guys, you want to take up an offering for me, you can. Because my feed bill for the birds is kind of high, isn't it? And she always tells me that my hobbies pale in comparison to the cost of your hobbies. And she's right. So I don't talk about it too much, but I can get away with it here in public. You know, man, we got birds. Hallelujah. Anyway, where was I? Notice what it goes on to say here. He said, are you not much better than them? Which of you in verse 27, taking thought, can add one cubit to his stature? Now, I just want to ask you a question. For all of the worrying that you and I have done, how much has it benefited any of us? Nothing. Worry is worthless. Really, it just has no, and yet we're so, you know, conditioned is the best way to put it, to always be worrying. And so sometimes you, you literally have to consciously say, wait, whoa, back up the train here. I, I'm not doing this. I am not going to worry. Why? Because he said, don't take anxious thought for the things of your life. You say, yeah, but I got to pay my bills. And I mean this and that, and that didn't work out. And I was planning on this and this went sideways and, you know, this and that. And I, I get all that, but so does God. And really what he wants you to do is pause and say, God, you know, I wasn't planning on this, you know, and I know you know that I wasn't. So I need you to help me figure out how to do this. And guess what? He'll just step right into that and say, I'm, I'm your man. But we don't do that. We, we, ha- we go back to the whole thing about what am I going to do? 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 You know? And then we miss the blessing of God. So to conclude here in this uh, reading, he said, uh, why do you take thought in 28 for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. 
I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glory wasn't arrayed like one of these. And so, he, so then he reasons at the conclusion of this, and that's, this is what I want you to think about. So, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little what? Bummer. Hallelujah. Therefore, take no anxious thought, saying, what are we going to eat or drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles or unregenerate people, you know, seek, because your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. Aren't you glad for that today? And then he says, and this is great, but seek ye first what? Kingdom of God. And all of these things shall be what? Added unto you. He'll take care of it. I'm telling you what, what a wonderful thing. Isn't that good? Glory to God. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you so much. And I'm so grateful, Father, that we can, in fact, take you at your word. And that you watch over every word that you've spoken to perform it. And I pray, Father, in these days ahead as we live and move and have our beings in you, that, Father God, we will look to you and that we will trust you and that we will intentionally lay all care, worry, and anxiety to the side and know, praise God, that you're more than enough. Thank you, Father, for bringing peace to our heart through the spoken word of God. Thank you, Father, for that which we have heard today that brings comfort and peace to our hearts. Just as you said, Father, let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And we just thank you, Father, for your divine peace in every person's life here today. I want you to pray this prayer with me, church. Say it with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your peace. And as an act of my will, I receive it today, right now, for everything that I'm concerned about. Thank you, Lord, for providing what I need in every situation. And I thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Praise God. How many of you are glad you came to church this morning? Praise the Lord. How many of you are saved? I mean, you're not saved. Anybody not saved? Say, I've never heard an altar call like that before. It works. If you're not born of the Spirit of God, Jesus came just for you so that you could have life and life more abundant. He wants you in his family. So much so he was willing to give his son as a ransom for you. But he said, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord. It's not a question of fate. It's not a question of your perceived goodness or lack thereof. It's about you believing in what Christ did so that you can receive him as your Lord and Savior. So I'd like for you just to bow your head for a moment because we don't want to embarrass anybody. But if you've never asked Christ to come into your heart, you know, if you never really made a decision to say, Jesus, I need you and I want you to be the Lord of my life, I want to give you the opportunity because there's a heaven to gain, a hell to shun, and that's for real. And again, 
the Bible says that we have to call on his name. So while your heads are bowed, even those of you that may be watching online, if you've never asked Christ into your heart and you say by your uplifted hand, Pastor, would you pray for me? I have an interest in your prayer. Can I see your hand anywhere? We're not here to embarrass you, but we want to help you. We want to pray with you. Anyone at all? Hallelujah. Well, Father, we thank you for every person here today. And we're grateful, Father God, that their names are written in the Lamb's book of life. We pray for those that may be watching online that have never made the decision. And Father, we pray that in this moment, they'll do just that. That they'll ask you to forgive them. And that they will ask you to come into their heart and be the Lord of their life. And we thank you, Lord, for your blessing and your grace in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Listen, we're going to go ahead and receive our morning offering.